You heard the scripture reading that Travis shared with us from Philippians. And Paul was talking about basically the idea of, uh, oh, I got to pull, so give me a second, guys. I got to pull some up from my I, uh, iCloud drive here. Uh, Paul was talking about basically the idea, excuse me, of moving on and uh, moving forward. And uh, so today, this, this, is, this is a message I preached some years ago, but this is one of the ones in my back pocket that I think the, that the, uh, the, the, the uh, content and the source and the sustenance of it is so important that I should preach it every year, actually. Uh, if I can pull up my share thing here, I'll be all right. Give me a moment. And, uh, and again, stay with me. Listen carefully this morning uh, because basically, share, okay, uh, here's the title. Moses is dead. Okay, so what kind of title is that? Well, you stay with me. I guarantee, I guarantee that today you're going to go away with something that's going to help you in your walk with Jesus and, and in your life. Okay? Listen carefully to what I'm about to say because this is the word of the Lord for today. Joshua 1, uh, 1 2 through 5 is our uh, text this morning. Now, think for a moment. Oh, and I'm not a real sports guy. You guys know that. Um, but let's say if I were a basket, a professional basketball player and, and, I, and I were in a position to have, and, and LeBron James were to suffer a, a catastrophic uh, episode and somehow I had to, to assume his role on the Lakers, you know, if I were, even if I were a professional basketball, I'm not, I wouldn't be LeBron James. Not too many of us would be. And you, can you imagine the challenge and the, the intimidation of, of having to face that, that, that task? And so this is how this man in the Bible named Joshua uh, felt when God called him and told him to replace Moses. Now, we're talking about Moses. We're talking about, let's use the, the, the parlance of, of, of sports. What kind of stats did Moses have? Um, let, me, let me tell you, let me give you some of Moses' bio, biography, okay? Moses had been uh, a prince in the royal palace of, uh, of the king of Egypt, but he gave all of that up in order to side with a group of slaves. Moses had uh, led a rebellion against one of the most powerful nations on earth without an army, and he won. Moses carried a staff, a stick basically, that he threw on the ground and would turn into a snake. Um, Moses, when he was trapped by an Egyptian army in, 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 toward the back and, and, and the Red Sea in front of him, he lifted up that staff and, and the sea parted in the middle so that everyone could walk through on dry land. I'm talking about Moses. Moses asked God for food, and every day food appeared on the ground, and, and then he asked God for meat, and, and thousands of birds flew in to be fried for some nice fried quail. They're equivalent of fried chicken, you know. And when they ran out of water, he, he, Moses would hit a rock, and, and water flowed out from, from the rock. Moses talked to God face to face so that when he finished, his face was so bright and so illuminated that, that they could barely look at him. Moses spoke the words and a small earthquake destroyed his enemies. He, he used an army made up of slaves, basically, to defeat some of the most fierce nations in, in, in the world. He led his people for 40 years, and he got good reviews as, as far as excellence as a leader year after year. He, he led the people right up to the promised land that God had promised them. At 120, when he died, 
His eye, the Bible says his eyesight was as good as ever and his body was as healthy as any young man. His funeral lasted. I've been in some three and four hour funerals. Lord have mercy. Uh, and when you're sitting on a, on the bench of a Hammond B3 organ without a pad, it, that's a long three hours. But, but I digress. His funeral lasted for 30, 30 days. That's some of Moses' stats. And, and, and that, 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 those are hard records to break. And no one broke those records until Jesus came. But Joshua had been Moses' personal assistant, and he knew that he knew uh, what Moses could do and what Moses had had done. For forty years, he had he and Moses had talked about what it would be like going into the Promised Land together, and, and they had hopes and dreams for themselves, for their families, for the people. And God had told them that they would wander for forty years in the desert, and that that wandering time was now just about over. And Moses was the only one of his generation left among men, and, and, and Joshua and Caleb were the only ones of their generation left among, among, among the people. But just as everything was coming together, when they could literally see the promised land in sight from the mountaintop, all of a sudden Moses died. This great and awesome leader who was loved and revered by so many, he died. And the people would, would have to face some of the most powerful armies that they've ever faced to, to date, but without their revered leader. They, they would be going into a, a land that they had not spied in over, out in over 40 years. And, and who knows what would, have, what would happen. And in, in the past, when they were losing a battle, all they had to do was hold up Moses' arms. You remember that thing about Aaron and her? They would hold up Moses' arms and, and their army would start winning. But now there were no arms to hold up. They didn't even know where Moses was buried because the Lord buried him. I said, Charles, what is all this about? Let me ask you this. Have you ever been there before? Somebody you loved and admired, whom you depended upon, is no longer there with you to go on with you with the challenges of life staring at you. Death, divorce, a breakup has left you holding the bag alone. Sometimes it's not even the person, though. Sometimes it's the death of a job, the loss of a job, a career that's come to an end, but you still have a whole life ahead of you. And it can even happen to a church, can it? When the spirit that once united a people has been broken by selfishness or pettiness, and yet the church still is called to move forward. And so in these circumstances, we're left wondering this. What am I to do now? It's easy, it's easy for us to think that because this or that has happened to me, my life is over and I may as well give up. I may as well throw in the towel. Joshua was about at that point, I think, when he's thinking about the fact that Moses is no longer with him. Moses is dead. How, how in the world would they make it to the promised land without Moses' leadership? But God knew exactly what was going on in the head of Joshua. So the first time we know that God actually spoke to Joshua appears in Joshua 1, 2 through 5. Look at the text here. He says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. 
He said, I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the West. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. And then he says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. There's a few things here. Let me give you just about four or five things here that, 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 that we see in, in, in this statement. The first thing God tells Moses is this, to accept the reality of the moment. Yes, Moses was great. Yes, Moses did a lot of stuff. And yes, Moses was the one that Joshua had leaned on. But Moses is dead and he's not coming back. Accept the reality of the moment. Second thing is this. God tells Joshua is to change your strategy for the future. You're looking for Moses to come back or you're looking for another Moses figure to arise. But no, the person you need is the one looking at you, staring back at you in the mirror every time you look in the mirror. You and all these people get, you and all these people get ready to cross the river. God is telling Joshua that, listen to this, and this is a, and this is a foundational principle of life that I try to teach, and I've, I've incorporated into a number of messages, but it, this is important in this. This is one of the crucial turning points in this whole story of the Israelites here. God is telling Joshua this, that what got you to the Jordan, what got you to the brink of the promised land is not what's going to take you in. It's not necessarily what you did to this point, listen to me, that's going to bring you to your destiny. What got you here won't take you there. Now just stop and let that sink in for a moment. And then the third thing God gave Joshua was a promise. He said, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. See, God wanted Joshua to recognize, get this, that his promise, listen, his promise was larger than the man Moses. Circumstances may have changed, but God's plans to prosper and bless his people had not changed. And they were going to get the good land that God had promised to them, not because they would earn it, but because God was going to give it to them. And then the fourth thing God gave Joshua was this, assurance. Josh, Joshua didn't feel worthy to replace Moses. Who would? Well, my, Moses was a miracle worker. I mean, the first signs of problems and, and difficulties, people would be saying, now, now if Moses was here, he'd do such and such to get us out of this jam. Listen, friends. God, when God sees your insecurities, God doesn't say these things. He doesn't say, you know, you need to have more faith if I'm going to use you. He doesn't say that. Nor does he say, you, you got to get your act together before I can use you. First of all, God don't talk like this. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. No, God says to Joshua in so many words, son, I know you're scared to death. And Moses is a big act to follow. But Moses wasn't the act I was. Look at verse 5. He says, uh, oh, I went up. Well, I'm not here. Hold on. In verse 5, I don't think it's on here, but don't worry about it. He says, um, he says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The fifth thing that God gave to Joshua was a choice. 
God had called Joshua to be a leader and therefore to make a difference, but God gave Joshua a choice as the kind of leader he was going to be. In verses 7 through 9, and let's see if I have them here. I don't think I, 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 I missed a couple of verses here with us, so bear with me. Uh, he says this, listen carefully. He says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So here's, here, here are the choices God gave Joshua. Joshua had to choose to be strong and courageous. So do we. Joshua had to choose to study the word of God, to understand it, to know what it said. So do we. And Joshua had to choose to meditate on the word of God, to allow that word to shape his, his mindset, his thinking, to shape his life. But the bottom line is this. Moses is dead. And that's the simple statement I want to focus on for the rest of this message. Because I believe it, it, it carries an extremely important message for all of us. Just stop, st stop and think about these, mo these, these words for a moment. Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses is dead. So Charles, what does this mean? I'll tell you what it means. You know what? You've got to come to grips with the reality that the past is past and the present is now. The future is only a nanosecond away and life goes on. As wonderful as Moses was, God tells Joshua, life goes on. Hello, somebody. As bad as the, some situations may have been, life goes on. Moses is dead. God gives Joshua a new promise for a new day. And, you know, if we were in church in person right now, I would tell you to turn to your neighbor and ask him, aren't you glad that his mercies are new every morning? Friends, it's a new day. We can't bask in the sunshine of yesterday's accomplishments forever, nor do we need to live in the shadow of our past failures. Moses is dead. So God says to Joshua, Moses is dead. Now get ready to move on. Get ready to move in. Moses is dead. So get up, dust yourself off, and get ready to get moving. Do you hear what I hear in this? Listen, it's time to stop dreaming about the good old days and fretting over the bad old days, and it's time to move on. It's time to stop looking for a hero, and it's time to start being a hero through the power of God working through your life. It's time to stop reminiscing about the past and start preparing for the future. There are some things from our past, both recent and distant, that are dead, that we, but we continue to live in their shadow. It's time to stop letting the devil keep you imprisoned by your past failures and time to walk in the grace and mercy of our God. It's time to stop wishing you can go back and fix the mistakes you made, but it's time to dare to step out and maybe risk making some more mistakes because the only way you can guarantee not making any more mistakes is to not do anything. It's time to let go of those, hear me now, let go of those tired old dead dreams that you may have been harboring and ask God to give you his dream for your life, that's one that you can realize. It's time to let go of what seem to be good dreams that got sidetracked by the harshness of life because there are some things that you just will not be able to fix. You just have to let those things die so that the fresh thing that God wants to do in your life can be born. 
So rather than fixating on what we did then, we listen for God's direction as to what we do now. Listen to these words from Deuteronomy 34, 5, and 6. And Moses, a servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor, but to this day, no one knows where his grave is. So God is saying, listen, no one's going to be building a shrine of Moses, not going to be hanging all, all around all day, singing Moses songs. And it's not, to be, it's not meant to be harsh or dismissive in any way. It's, it's, it's not to suggest that we shouldn't honor and, 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 and revere our dearly, dearly departed. That's not the point. It's just to say that in this case, not in every, but in this case, God did it differently. And it seems to say something about us being able to move on and not becoming fixated on the past. Death is, is a reality of life. It's inevitable. And things and people and organizations and companies and nations and human beings, we all have a life cycle. Moses is dead. He ain't coming back. Now get up and move on. Your past is dead. Your sins were nailed to the cross when Jesus died for you. Your past accomplishments, as wonderful as they may have been, they're still past. Moses is dead. So what do we do now? There's a question for the day. And that's a question you'll have to take with you. You'll have to think about this. You'll have to pray about this. You'll have to meditate on this. You'll have to work through this. What do we do now? What do you do now? Your past is past. And, and, and though you may have to manage the residue of your past, it is past. And your success in managing the consequences will be related to how willing you are to admit that your past is dead and to move on. And I'm going to close with a simple statement. And I'm going to share a song with you for you to meditate on that I hope will tile this together. Moses is dead, but Jesus is alive. And God has a fresh new promise for each and every one of us. His mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So I don't know about you folks. 66 in the Zoom. The, the next several months hold all kinds of exciting and scary and different propositions for us as life changes once more and we, we, we continue to fight our way through this pandemic. And again, I told you, I told you 66 weeks ago that we were going to get through this and we come out better than we went in and God has been gracious and merciful. And one of the reasons that that's happened because we've been able to leave the past behind us. There's been a lot of pain, a lot of loss, a lot of suffering, a lot of, a lot of disorientation over these last 66 weeks. But God is faithful. Moses is dead. Jesus is alive. God has a fresh new promise for each and every one of you. So I don't know about you this morning, but I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Okay? I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I don't know about you, but I'm going to move forward. Listen to this song. to declare to you 
My past is over in you. Things are made new. Surrendered my life to Christ. I'm moving, moving forward. What a moment you have brought me to such a freedom, Lord. I have found in you, you're the healer who makes all things new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going back. I'm moving on. Here to declare to you, my past is over in you. All things are made new. Surrender my
Hey man, did that seal the deal? You get it? You got it? Hey man, praise God. I don't know about you, but that's 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 I'm moving forward.